Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And of course, joining me on a Monday, Jason Cameron, fresh off a Another good weekend. Uh, it is officially spring break for all the kids and the parents around. Uh, we got to move the f- clocks forward and we got some later nights now. Uh, this is kind of the, the start of the good times around the lower mainland, around the city. Uh, can Could you tell tonight that it was lighter, later? Yes, I, I, I could a little bit, but... Here's the thing that I, I never like about like the, the time change. I've lost an hour, right? So I wake up and I'm like, all right, it should be nine. No, why is it 10 o'clock? What, what just happened? Yeah. Oh, I lost another hour. Lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it affects people. Uh, supposedly it really affects a lot of people. I, I don't notice it. I just, uh, I just absorbed it up and it was fine. But um, I, I like that uh, it's later lighter later and it starts feeling like really long days now and you know that that part of spring and summer is what i love the most i think where it's you know it's light out till 9 30 10 at night and you can feel like you can just you have way more energy i feel like yeah yeah no you're you're right you do have more energy and also too now that the days are getting warmer because my goodness well january february it's cold yeah, February was cold. It, that was that was a cold month. Yeah, so that's I, true. I, yeah. I'm quite ready for uh, the weather to warm up and to have some warmer days. Got some warmer days. Yeah. Um, why the hell are you wearing a Russian shirt? What the heck kind of shirt is that? Uh, oh, oh, Russian you, stuff you, is banned around here. Didn't you? Oh, know? what? Okay, all right. First, what off, is it? I just threw on a shirt, and then secondly, yes, yes, it is very Russian. Um, this is one of my favorite. Um, um uh businesses or t-shirt makers that i love iron head okay. i don't know oh you yeah no, no. i know iron head yeah 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 i i love their t-shirts their t-shirts fit me beautifully and this is one of their 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 t-shirts that they have i know you're not a fan of russians right now but this is a great shirt this is a great shirt i know uh-huh. it's a common shirt but it's a great shirt and so i i love iron head I, big shout out to iron head if you want to give me some free merch please do that um <laughs> And the t-shirts just fit me beautifully, man. Yeah. They're really nice shirts. We uh, I, I, we I, just I, we just lost our entire American audience. Uh, they all just switched <laughs> off the channel. Uh, they don't like call me anything. So <laughs> <laughs> we just we just killed a whole bunch of our viewers. I I, I hope you don't wear that kind of stuff again because I don't want to offend uh, you know the democratic nations that we provide our content to yeah yeah i i i i I, sometimes i forget cold war still in effect so yep okay won't be wearing a shirt again good to hear (laughs) good to hear uh i'm watching the uh golden state phoenix game right now do you got that on no i don't i don't i I literally just kind of got home and rushed back so okay uh golden state's winning 47 28 uh 10 minutes left in the second really putting a whooping on them uh clay thompson's got 19 steph has got 12 and uh jamichael green's chipping in with seven they seem to uh yeah they're dominating um obviously phoenix still without kd but um phoenix has still got a very deep solid team i'm surprised the 
Warriors are doing this good. Um, Warriors are amazing at home and horrible on the road, but but uh, this is kind of a shock. I thought this game would be a lot tighter. Yeah, I, I thought the game would be a lot tighter too. But what a what a freak accident by KD, warming up for his yeah. first home game, and turns an ankle on the weirdest like he's just trying to make a layup, and and just just yeah, freakish. Yeah, uh, he's he's pretty fragile. Um, he's he's getting into the Anthony Davis type um, territory. Uh, I've always said he's too skinny for his length, his body, uh, the way he moves. Uh, yeah, athletically, he's he's an absolutely amazing specimen. But I think he needed to put some weight on his legs, on his calves, on his, uh, you know, just to uh, prevent this kind of stuff. It's happening way too much in the last few years. Uh, he's missed so much time. And, and this is going to really hurt Phoenix because he only played three games with them. Uh, when he came over in that trade, it's going to be hard to hit the ground running in the playoffs when he uh, really hasn't played much with them. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be difficult. But also, too, in that small sample size, they were 3-0. and oh, So yeah. that, at least, at least that, that's, that's good. That's a feather in their cap. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, I, KD is just one of those players, though. He's one of those players that you can plug him in and he's like, yeah, we're just going to need you to, you know, figure it out. Or, you know, just do what you do. Score, be incredibly efficient, and help us win. Can you, yeah. can you do all of that, those things? Yes, I can. Okay, great. That's great. Yeah. You're right, too. Uh, I think you mentioned last week, he's just, he's the kind of guy that misses a month of time comes back and it doesn't even seem like he was out uh, even, you know, four months of time. He's, he comes back and he d doesn't look like he's missed a beat, but um, yeah, I mean, I would be sure disappointed as a Suns fan and uh, part of the organization, you bring him over. He had to send a lot of pieces away and uh, you've only got three games out of him so far. It's uh, it's tough, uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh Freak accident, warm-up. Uh, it didn't look super serious, but uh, they say about three weeks he's going to miss. Yeah, and, and also, too, you know what? I, it seems to be a thing across the league that they, it may be three weeks, but they'll keep him out even longer just in case. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes wonder, is less more or is less just less? Like, you know, like if, yeah. if, if you keep keeping these guys out, are they more prone to injury, right? Right. Or, or if you just bring them back when they should be back, yeah. you know, like at some point in time, I, I know athletes, they, they go through a bunch of bumps and bruises and stuff, but it just seems to me now, especially now in the modern day NBA, that if you got any little tweak, you are done. You are out. Yeah. That's you are gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Any, any Nick or bruise, uh, it seems like they're uh, being extra cautious and, and yeah. they're doing that load management stuff. And that's been yeah. actually, you know, causing quite a bit of concern for a lot of fans. And not that many guys play a full 82 anymore. Yeah. It's kind of rare where you're like, wow, this guy's a Iron Man. He's played all 82. Holy crap. But um, I think it's bothering the league. I think it's bothering a lot of fans. And I've heard some athletes say, hey, you know, I don't want to take a day off. What if it's the first time this kid ever comes to see me play? And I'm not there in the lineup. Uh, you know, that's something that the NBA has to really be um, aware of. And they have to penalize 
teams for sitting these guys out, I think. Well, it's especially now that, they, they, you know, like their, their TV contracts are coming up. Yeah. So, so if you want that TV money, it's like, you know, if you're one of these execs, you're just going, well, where are the stars? You know, I was watching the game the other day and no stars played in it. So it's like, yeah. so what yeah. are we doing here, guys? Yeah. What am I actually paying for? Yeah, it seems like uh, on a nightly basis, you got to check the, you know, inactive list. You got to see who's playing or not. Uh, I'm I'm quite shocked that on a daily basis, I'm seeing questionable, not sure if he's playing or not. You really can't count on him. Um, Dallas is going through it. Both uh, Luca and Kyrie are out right now. Um, that's got to be really brutal for a Mavs fan because those are the two guys that you really pay to see and want to see. Exactly right, and I, I don't remember when you know when growing up in the nineties, yeah. seeing this happen all the time. It wasn't a thing. No, it was not a thing. Those guys played, yeah. and now. Like, I remember earlier this year where I'm like, all oh, right, Golden State's playing such and such. Draymond wasn't playing. Wiggins wasn't playing. Steph wasn't playing. And Clay Thompson wasn't playing. Oh, geez. And I'm just uh, like. That's pretty much like, why bother even watching Golden State? If those guys aren't in. Why bother even watching? It's like, that's like a college team almost. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, oh, Dante DiVincenzo, he's playing? Great. Awesome. <laughs> Let's turn it up. What are we doing? Brutal, yeah, not good. Um, yeah, that game today, uh, you know, it was a splashy game. I'm sure when ESPN, uh, you know, found out their schedule, put the game on. This game was between the Grizzlies and the Mavs today. No John Morant, uh, <laughs> no Brandon Clark, no Stephen Adams, no Kyrie, no yeah. Luca. It's like, what the hell? Like, you know, brutal, brutal, brutal. Uh, Grizzlies ended up winning the game. But, um, yeah, tough on the Mavs to have uh, both their, you know, the guys that are scoring, uh, you know, your two stars not in there uh, at all. It's pretty bad. Uh, big shocker game tonight. Uh, the Houston Rockets beat the Boston Celtics tonight, 111-109. Uh, that would have made you a lot of money, I'm sure, if you put some money on the Rockets tonight. Well, wait, wait, wait. Speaking of load management, so let me guess. Jalen Brown didn't play. Tatum didn't play. Smart didn't play. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so, but no, they all played. Uh, Jalen Brown had a phenomenal night, 43 points. Uh, Tatum had 28, 8, and 6. Uh, no, 22, 8, and 6. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 20 points, but yeah, for some reason, they uh, uh, the Celtics got beat. Who was the big guy? Oh, Jalen Green had... 28, Jabari Smith Jr. had 24, and Kenyon Martin Jr. had 20. Uh, Rockets, what is that? Their, that's their 16 and 53 is their record against 47 and 23. So, yeah, that uh, would have made you, I bet you, would have made you a ton of money. That's probably one of the biggest odds of the whole year. Oh, yeah, that would have made you a ton of money. And also, too, that, that, that brings me back to, you know, James Harden saying, there's a possibility I could go back to Houston for that. That's what you want to go back to. Like what? Yeah. And wow. sometimes I, I do wonder about some of these players where I'm like, I don't know where that's coming from, but you get to play with Joel and B. Yeah. Why would you want to leave that guy? Jesus. 
pardon another one of those guys you just constantly shake your head at every time he opens his mouth you're like what the hell are you saying now what what you 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 suddenly decide you're going to go where what are you trying to do now what the yeah. hell the guy's the guy's one of those just uh he's just never happy anywhere is he no 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 it, it reminds me of somebody else that we were just mentioning that's uh, unfortunately out with an injury or load manager or whatever it is Kyrie Irving yeah. it I, I swear it's just like where the wind blows from him. He goes, uh, the wind blew north. I don't feel like playing here anymore. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I I, and now, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you were aware of this, but he, he went on his Insta and went on a major rant. Major, major rant. I, I found it, like, just intriguing, interesting. Okay. Because here he is on Insta saying, you guys only see me for three hours in a day, mm. not for the other 21. I guess he doesn't count the other six or seven where he's actually sleeping. I don't need to see you doing that, by the way. No. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, you're right. I don't know you, but I do know what you say. I do know how you portray yourself in the media. Yeah. And then I, I, I gauge what I see for myself in the media about you as a person. I, I think you as a person is incredibly selfish. Yeah. That's what I think. But hey, I could be wrong. And, and also, too, I probably am wrong in a, in a lot of respects because I know that he has a lot of philanthropy. He gives a lot of his money away and yada, yada, yada. But I think when it comes to, to the team and an organization and just being accountable to said organization and team, I don't know, buddy. I don't know. No. He, yeah, he's been he's he hasn't been a great teammate. Uh, you know, tell tell the all the Brooklyn team that uh, Boston when he went to Boston, not a good teammate according to all. Uh, Cleveland, you know, I have not heard that he's been a good teammate anywhere. So you know that's that's not uh, what you're supposed to be bringing three hours a day to the you know your world. That's what you get paid for. Is you get out paid to. Be a good teammate so you guys can rise, win the games, and try to win a championship. Uh, every time a team has won a championship, I've always heard, what a great cohesive unit we were. Man, we just got along well, and we were able to rise above and, and take this title. You hear it all the time. And uh, when a guy's not a good teammate, it's usually a bit of a cancer that causes problems and you know ends up causing breakups and no championships. Exactly right because like you you need a you need a co cohesive unit in the locker room so that you're all like going towards the same goal, yeah. which is winning a championship. And as soon as one guy and a major piece of that kind of goes the other way, derails the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm glad you didn't see that rant. You probably would have ruined my day. I would have been <laughs> swearing and pissed off, and you know I would have been. Uh, texting and telling people who the hell does this guy think he is? Like, oh man, yeah, he he's a strange, strange cat, and uh, I guess he's Dallas's problem for a little bit until the wind blows him some other way. Right? Exactly, until the wind blows him some some other way. I, he expects to get a full max deal at the end of this year. Now he might get that, but it might not be from a contending team. My question is. Will he take it? Like, honestly, will he take it from a non-contending team and not take less from a contending team? Because 
is he in it for the contention of going for a championship or is he in it for the money? Yeah. That would be a very good question that he's going to answer this summer. I'm looking forward to seeing that what will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully uh, nobody takes him and he has to go play basketball in Siberia or something. <laughs> yeah. That's that, unfortunately that's wishful thinking. He's too talented. Somebody will take him, yeah. but it, it just, for me, I'm just, I'm very interested in the price point he gets at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, check in on the game here. It's, uh, 62 to 39. Um, yeah. Uh, big dominating performance. Uh, tell me why in your opinion, Golden State's so good at home and so terrible on the road. Okay. Um, I, I, you know what? I think that there's a hangover from their win. They're improbable. You could say almost an improbable win championship right because mm-hmm. you have to imagine getting up and repeating that over and over and over again to you know, go for the push for a championship it, it, it just takes a lot out of you and i think whenever they play at home the crowd rises to the occasion and infuses them with energy and then when they go out on the road other teams are going to give them their best yeah. because those are the defending champs that's kind of what we're supposed to do. And I don't think they just have the energy to match that mm. when they're on like road games, especially this year. Well, it's not like, I mean, you're right. That championship did sort of come out of nowhere and it was unlikely, but this team has won three other titles in a fairly short time period before. So you don't think they would have learned that lesson from previous championships going forward? Well, I think they would have, but... The other thing that unfortunately uh, was to their detriment was that their young players that they thought could step in and really um, uh, elevate their team haven't done that. Right. And, and then with the guys being older, there's only so much they can they can do. They can't play the whole game. They need their role players to be great role players, and they haven't been. Yeah. They haven't. They haven't matched that system. So yeah, that that would be to their detriment. Yeah, it's uh, tough to see James Wiseman playing great, uh, you know, since he's left there because he just really was not a a favorite of Steve Kerr. He just didn't seem to be able to pan out. And your your number two overall pick is supposed to be a guy that's going to be, you know, a star. He's supposed to be a guy that's going to be in the league on your team for many years to come and really produce what you drafted him for. Yeah. He's supposed to be, but also too at the same time, Golden State's a little bit of a different team. They 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 expect certain things out of your game kind of right out of the gate because like they have like a very complex offense that they run and they expect you to understand the defensive schemes that they're trying to get and then also too like to defend properly. And I think for James Wiseman, he's still thinking the game as opposed to instinctively knowing the game, knowing where he's supposed to be positionally and stuff like that. So, unfortunately for the Golden State, they couldn't wait on him any longer. They couldn't wait for him to develop. So they sent him somewhere where he's got all the time to develop because it's Detroit. Do whatever you want to do. It's all good. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing well on a very, very lousy team. And so, you know, is that is that great? I don't know. You know, he's never winning. 
he hasn't been a winner so far in the NBA, and uh, we'll see what pans out for him in a long career. But, yeah, number two overall pick, uh, you got to say he's been a big bust so far, that's for sure. Um, the other guy that's been missing for Golden State, Andrew Wiggins, um, big loss. Um, he was He was a solid number three scorer, but really good on defense and a guy that you could – put on uh you know one of those wing guys that would score a lot you you would be able to count on him to provide you a lot of defense unfortunately he's had some kind of personal family issue and uh they're not even sure if he's coming back this year which is i you know first off sometimes real life intersects with your job right and then whatever that is that he's going through i'm sure he he would love to have been with the team but you just can't do that right now and an end on top of that, he had Andrew Wiggins has been like just been stellar with not getting hurt. But this year has been a little bit different. He has gotten hurt and he has missed a significant amount of games due to injury. And then now this thing has happened and he's healthy. But unfortunately, this is something that he absolutely has to deal with. So it sucks because, like, you know, they're better off with Wiggins than without him, clearly. Yeah. And they could make maybe make a run, but you know, like Golden State, they got to persevere and just try to find a way with what they have. Yeah, and unfortunately, the guy that got for the Wiseman deal, Gary Payton the second, uh, is still uh, still hurt and still out. Uh, that that ended up being a pretty bad deal in the end because um, you know you're not getting any minutes out of him, and uh, that's been tough. Uh, Golden State's up sixty five forty four and looking like they're going to get their uh 26th 27th i think home home win uh i sure hope they could figure it out on the road before these playoffs and we get to see another run from them such an exciting fun team to watch and uh playoff basketball is much better with golden state in the mix than it isn't yeah yeah it, it is absolutely it is and it would be fantastic to see that all the pieces come together for the playoffs if Gary Payton can get himself right just in time for the playoffs, if Wiggins, whatever his personal issue, is resolved within that time and he's able to come back to the team for the playoffs, because now then you're looking at the team going, oh, Golden State could be a problem here. Yeah. So. Uh, so, uh, staying with the uh, West uh, in the NBA, uh, one of the teams that's been shocking the planet is the Sacramento Kings. They currently – sits second in the Western Conference standings, uh, playing absolutely amazing basketball, um, had a big, had just had, had a big run recently, and um, they are still considered a very, very, very massive long shot to to win the, uh, the West and uh, go far, but um, is this team finally coming together? They're going to make the playoffs first time since 2006, but uh, is this team finally uh, put the pieces together to go on a nice run? I think so. I think so. The only thing that they need to shore up is I, I think their, their defensive rating like in, in the league is like down at the bottom. That's not very good. But uh, their clutch points, like their points in the clutch is like, I think they're number one in the league. So oh, they, they are – they. What what they've been able to like put together has been so long for the Sacramento fans. Like they've been waiting for this forever, forever. Mm -hmm. They've been waiting for a team like this, and now they have it. 
and, and they and they got it through like very savvy trades, getting Malik Monk, who <laughs> apparently the Lakers like this guy can't play. No, actually he's really good. He's, he's really good. So <laughs> they got Malik Monk. They got Kevin Herter from Atlanta, and he's playing some of his best basketball he's ever had in his whole entire career. Very good. And yeah, man, like so I. I just feel happy for the Sacramento fans that they actually got a, like a team to finally cheer for. The last time they were cheering, I I, I want to say, Peja Stoyakovich was on the team. Yeah, you know, Chris Weber. We're talking Mike Giddy. You know, like, so <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been way too long. It's crazy that the drought has become that long. And uh, yeah, it's been tough to be a fan of that team for this long. Uh, they're eight and two in their last ten, three in a row. Uh, Sabonis is, you know, uh, just phenomenal. He's had the most double doubles out of anybody in the league this year. Uh, he's come in, you know, that was a controversial trade because Tyrese Halliburton, you know, was one of those guys that they were saying was the future and, uh, they bring him in, uh, De'Aaron Fox is, uh, you know, just one of those guys you, you mentioned clutch points. I think he leads the league in clutch points made himself. And, uh, he's been you know, such a young guy, but uh, been able to produce and be a leader. Yeah, he's been able to put it together. Like before, if you left him out out on an island unto himself, like his jump shot wasn't reliable. Well, it is now. You can't yeah. do that to him anymore. And he has the speed to just go right by you in the blink of an eye. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we got a month left in the NBA season. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, all these games, but most teams got about. 15 games left and uh it's coming down to the stretch um i do like the play in tournament uh are you a fan of that i do i do because it, it just it, it it gives more impetus to for like fans to watch because it's exciting it's exciting and also too if that's your team and they're on the bottom looking in and they have a chance to make the playoffs then yeah yeah then you're you're more engaged you're yeah. more engaged for the playoffs yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to see, you know, that there's still basically 13 teams still in the mix uh in in the West and and probably still uh I guess 12 teams 12 teams in the East that are still in the mix. So, you know, you're only five five franchises, you know, are looking towards next year. All the other ones are still looking towards this year and and being in the playoff hunt. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and then also too, like if you're a fan of one of those twelve teams that are looking in, then you're happy because it's like, ah, oh, you're saying we got a chance. Are you saying we got a chance? Yes, we have a chance. So, and that's good. That's 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 what fans would want. That's what I would want for my team. Uh, we're here in Canada. Obviously, the Raptors are Canada's team. Um, what do you see from them? Uh, it looks like they're going to be in the play-in tournament. Uh, it's you know. I'll, the way it's sort of shaping up looks like they'll be like nine or 10, something like that. Um, do you think they have a chance to advance past the play in tournament and get into eighth, seventh and uh, have a shot at, uh, you know, at least a, a playoff series? I, I would, I would say, yes, they have a shot at that. They have a, they definitely have a shot of getting in to a playoff series, but then after that, do they have a shot of winning that playoff series? Uh, I I don't know about that. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if they have enough pieces to do that as of yet. 
Yeah, facing the Bucks or the Celtics, uh, you know, getting out of those play-ins. Um, yeah, you know, that's those those guys are they're done. But uh, at least you know you got a, a chance at a few exciting games and a chance to um, you know say you made the playoffs. Um, the Knicks, the Knicks are having a resurgence. Uh, really fun to watch, and and uh, it's good for basketball when the New York Knicks are doing well. Uh, it seems to create much more of a buzz uh, North American wide. Yeah, because the New York Knicks are an institution. And and with their relevant, then everything's better. Everything's better. And then who would have thought that Jalen Brunson would be the man to say, oh, well, I guess I'm here now. Let's turn it around. Yeah. And he literally has done that. I, I know Dallas is now looking at going, man, maybe we should have just paid him the money. <laughs> you know, yeah. because having a – is the best year of his career, and and he has been absolutely awesome. He's yeah. been everything that the New York Knicks have wanted for that team, and and their midseason trade to get Josh Hart onto that team, excellent trade. Excellent. Yeah, he's he's been one of the best pickups uh, from that trade deadline. Uh, I don't think many people would have predicted him after all the smoke cleared and all the trades were done. I, I bet you not almost no person would have said Josh Hart is probably the biggest asset any team has got. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I, I agree. with you. I agree with you on that, but it, it, he's definitely had an impact on the team. Yeah. And uh, again, I don't, I don't know if you saw, saw the video, but when Brun, Jalen Brunson found out that his boy was coming to the New York Knicks, he was ecstatic. Yeah. Because you want to know why? Not only are they obviously like great friends, great, great friends, that guy is a winner. He adds to your winning element. He adds to that championship capability of your team. That's what yeah. Josh Hart brings. And that's what yeah. any team would want. I, um, I watched the game between the Golden State Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday. And uh, wow, what a hell of a game that was. Uh, Golden State ended up winning that in uh in overtime and uh Steph looked phenomenal. Uh it was if if Golden State had a decent road road record, I would have thought, oh, this is going to be the NBA final. This is uh Golden State and Milwaukee. The, the, these are the two teams that are going to meet in the final. Uh Giannis was out for Milwaukee, but uh hell of a game, so fun to watch. Did you catch any of that one? I I caught some of the highlights. I caught I caught it when Drew uh Drew Holiday hit the three to go up by three. And then Steph calmly came down and said, Yeah, I can do that too. Because <laughs> I'm the best shooter ever. Yeah. And he hit the three throw and go into overtime. It was it was great. It's fantastic. Uh, it was an amazing game. So fun to watch. And you know, one of those ones that you like appreciate a regular season game it was uh, it was great to see such two two amazing teams. The the two teams that have won the last two NBA championships getting to face each other. Um, Golden State has won their last eight at home and lost their last eight on the road. So I just do not understand how this team has been able to do that. It's really weird. I hopefully can figure it out. And uh, yeah, we can we can see them go on another run because uh, yeah, NBA the playoffs are so much better. As I said, with them in it. Um, one other thing, uh, John Morant has um, been out. For four games now, they say um, it's going to be a bit longer. Um, 
is this good for is this good for everybody involved involved really uh you know having him out this long to try to figure out what's what's wrong and and uh change the course of action well i i think it is i think it's necessary because clearly what he's been doing lately not great for the team not great for him not great for anybody no so whatever head stuff that he needs to get figured out whatever counseling he needs i'm sure he's getting it right now as we speak and also too um there's a lot on the line here i think he's now finally realizing if i don't clean this up i could lose everything everything yeah, yeah. everything and and i think he's gotten to a point where he's like man i really like this lifestyle that would really suck if it went poof yeah so yeah yeah, yeah it's got to scare you straight for sure uh it's got to make you really make a pause uh supposedly he's entered a counseling program and um they've said there's no timetable for him to return but um i expect um yeah it'll still be another week or two before we see him back i think he'll be back for the playoffs but uh hopefully he can get uh all this sorted out because it's been it's been really tough to witness yeah, it, it, it's been it's been awful because I, as a fan, would rather see him on the court than hear about all the other nonsense that literally has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, but at the same time, it has everything to do with the person and the man, John Morant. So I would love to see John Morant figure that out, get his head right, so I could see him do awesome stuff on the basketball court again. Yeah. And that's me being extremely selfish. Sure. Right? Yeah. I I um you 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 mentioned uh John Morant and you know this stuff uh you know personality wise. Um I'm I'm turning to the NFL briefly. Today was free agent frenzy, and we're going to go over some of the deals that were made today. But um I just want to talk about a guy that I just can I just think less of and less of year after year uh Aaron Rodgers just has become a complete jerk and the guy just does not have any disregard for anybody but himself he's he's got he's got Green Bay over here not sure what they're going to do he's got New York Jets over here not sure what they're going to do basically most of the teams are like well uh we're kind of waiting to find out what Rodgers does so we know how to counteract that, what to do here. Um, what is his problem? Why would he hold two franchises hostage, ransom right now? Not sure. I'll let you know soon. Uh, you know, he's just, every year, I just feel like I get less and less of a opinion of him. And uh, I just would rather see him retire and just get out of here because I'm sick of him. I am really sick of him. I, I think a lot of it has to do with ego and power. I can do this, so I'm going to do this. You're going to have to wait on me hand and foot because I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. That's that, right. That's not somebody that you want around, do you? Do you does the NFL want him around? I, I, I think everybody would be happy if he just says, I'm hanging him up. I'm, I'm gone. See you later. I think well, better. Well, here's the thing, though. He's still pretty good at quarterback. And talent speaks, you know what I mean? Like, regardless of, of your personality or your bad characteristics as a person, as a man, you got talent, 
whatever, they'll put up with it, right? But as we're getting along later on in his career, is that talent still there? <laughs> is it beginning to wane? I hope because so. then once that begins to happen, the power that you had is going to dissipate and disappear completely. Yeah. So maybe this is one of his last times where he gets to exercise said power before his talent and, and, and everything that he does on the football field begins to slightly begin to erode and diminish. Yeah. Where, where does that ego and uh, power hunger come from? What is, is that something that we've fed into? We've created this monster. Has he always been this way? Where did it come from? I, I think sometimes it's 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 obviously stuff that's fed into. I think it's all in maybe for himself, it's the 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 inner circle of people that he surrounded himself with. We I don't know who those people are, but they could be all VS people. Yeah. Yes, right? And yeah. that that would just further serve your ego. If you don't have anybody telling you anything bad, but everybody just tells you everything great, like you're the best, you're the greatest. And then you keep hearing that for, I don't know, a decade. All right, well, I am the greatest. I am the best. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess you start believing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's too bad that uh, uh Green Bay just doesn't say, you know, before free agent frenzy, you know, we need an answer. We need to know if we're moving forward without you or with you. Uh, you know, we need to make some moves. Uh now you're hampering their ability to make moves to Complement the football team so they can win games and try to get a Super Bowl. Uh, if if he decides to to leave, then they got to scramble. They suddenly have a ton of money that they can spend uh, on free agents, uh, different people, make some trades, whatever. Uh, it's just bizarre that he would he would hamper the team that he's been paid for for the past eighteen years, and he would not even have any disregard for treating them fairly because. You know, it's all up to me what I decide to do. I could just retire tomorrow, or just said, "Yeah, I, I'm I'm with another team," or or I'm with you. It's so it's just craziness. I I just can't believe that this could just go on and on and on, and he doesn't have any um, hesitation on acting this way. Yeah, no, he he doesn't because all I. Now, this is me trying to step into Mr. Rogers' head, but maybe all he sees is just me. So it's like, well, it's kind of still always about me, and it always kind of will be. And I don't have to worry about these other billion-dollar organizations because at the end of the day, they need me. <laughs> I don't need them. Yeah. Uh, we saw it happen with Favre. He went to the Jets as well. Um, do you think if he does decide to go to the Jets, they make a trade? Uh, do you think the Jets are going to be a, a good team? Are they going to contend? Are they going to be, um, you know, a suddenly a, a favorite to uh, go far? Uh, I don't see it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't see it. I know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Um, I, I don't know if I put him in the upper tier of like the top five or six anymore. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I put him up there anymore, but. He'll obviously make an impact, but I don't know if the impact is going to be that much. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be that much because also too, since he's like an elder statesman of the game, is he going to make all those sacrifices to get to know his receiving core 
Is he going to put in the extra work and the extra practice after 18 years of being on the football field? Is he going to do all of these things? If he's fully invested, he does all these things, then I'd give him, I give the Jets a higher mark of like getting to that, that, that place. But I don't know if he's going to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, he didn't do it. He didn't demonstrate that last year. He had all these new teammates and he didn't, he just seemed to not even, uh, you know, put that effort in to find out about them, to, you know, get to know them, to be, uh, yeah, a really solid, good teammate and, uh, you know, get get in with him he did it didn't seem to care so i don't i don't see it changing just because he goes to a, a new franchise no I, I don't see it either and also too like you know the jets have kind of had a rough for a while so i i, I just i don't see it i, I just don't yeah. see like if he does if the trade is made or the move is made i i just i don't see him making that significant an impact to that team yeah uh let's talk about the, let's finish talking about the nfl after the ufc uh, Jimmy G's a Raider. Jalen Ramsey's a Dolphin now. Uh, lots of big moves made today. Lots of money thrown around. Uh, last year in the free agent frenzy for that one week between March 18th and March 22nd, $1.67 billion were spent. Uh, they say we're going to approach something like close to $2 billion this year. So lots of money out there to be had. Uh, it'll be fun to see who, who sends it out and who collects it uh, i've got a list too of teams that have money left on their cap so there's um gonna be some moves made by most of them if not all of them so it's gonna be fun but uh a really good ufc fight night that happened uh this past weekend um they decided to get it out of the apex and move it over to what they call the virgin hotel now uh it used to be the hard rock and uh, i've been there on a bunch of occasions uh at first i was w- looking at it and i was thinking the virgin hotel i don't remember the virgin hotel and no. i was thinking where the hell is that and then i finally found out that it was actually the old hard rock and ufc has held a lot of events there and they were great they were fun they were way better than the apex they're way better um crowds that crowd was actually really fun and brought a lot of uh, entertainment and uh, just electricity to the air that the apex just wouldn't have delivered. Yeah. And also too, I, as I'm watching it, right. I'm thinking to myself, where are they? <laughs> I, I I couldn't recognize, like I knew they were in Vegas, but I had no idea where they were. Yeah. Right. Because they clearly uh, there's renovations that's been done there. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it, it didn't look familiar to me whatsoever. So I'm like, I have no idea where they are in Vegas. Yeah, that was really weird. Uh, the crazy thing was there was uh, looked like thousands of Georgian fans there uh, from yes. the country of Georgia cheering on the machine. And uh, Merab Devashvili proved that he could be the greatest bantamweight fighter on the planet right now by dispatching Piotr Jan, uh, setting a record with 49 takedown attempts. Uh, landing 11 of them. Uh, he lived up to that machine name. This was the greatest performance I've seen by Mirab by far, and one of the greatest bantamweight performances ever by a former champion, one of the toughest guys in the division. Uh, this was an incredible performance. And if I was a Georgian, holy cow, I definitely wouldn't have had a voice. I would have been cheering my ass off that night. Oh, man, dude, was incredible. Like, if you think about that, 
he's one of those guys that, well, I didn't get him that time for a takedown. I'm just going to keep doing it. Like, I'm going to average 10 takedown attempts per round. Yeah. <laughs> you know how freaking ridiculous that is? Oh. And on top of that, I'm going to give Peter Yan some credit. He fought off like like 80% of them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 11.48. He got taken down, but he did manage to pop back up most of the time. Yeah. But still, he has to fight that off all the time. Unreal. And he, Unreal. Was, he's not getting tired. <laughs> and you're just like, what is what is wrong with this guy? His stamina and his endurance is almost superhuman. Yeah. And it doesn't even seem like it's in the realm of actual reality. That's that's what I was looking at it. I was I was super impressed with just yeah. the pace that he set. And that he never took his foot off the gas. Like, literally, pedal to the metal, five rounds straight. It was it was so incredible. Uh, it was one of the greatest performances in UFC history, that fight. Uh, a five-round clinic. He won all five rounds. He, oh, yeah. he, he threw 400 punches, landed 200 of them. Uh, significant strikes, 147. Uh, 11, landing 11 takedowns is amazing, but attempting 49. The old record was 33 by Cain Velasquez <laughs> against Junior DeSantos years ago. Uh, it just obliterated that record. This record might never be broken. And yeah. uh, it was just, it was cool, incredibly cool to watch somebody at that elite level against somebody that's no joke, that's an absolute killer and has been in his entire career. This was uh, just such a pleasure to watch. Yeah, it was. And I I didn't think Davish really had this in him. I am gonna I'm gonna be honest. I I had Yan winning this fight. Yeah. And then and then as I'm watching this, I'm like, or not. <laughs> he Davish really was he he was just he was it was a special night for him. Yeah. Like where everything came together, everything culminated to an amazing performance on his part. And I'm sure Peter Jan was just like, I have no idea what's happening right now. What yeah. What is happening right now? I can't do anything with this guy. Even in the stand-up, he's still getting the best of me. Wow. Yeah. Shut his eye, completely shut his eye. And uh, yeah, just got the best of him in every facet of the game. Uh, usually in a performance like this, when the guy this high-ranked, Immediate title shot, no questions asked. It's done. It's gonna be booked. We know it. But the crazy thing is, he is best friends with. They call themselves brothers with Aljamain Sterling, the champion. Uh, do not want to fight each other. Will not fight each other, according to both. Um, we don't see this too much anymore. We've seen it a little bit over the years on a few occasions, but uh, this is tough. This is tough for. The UFC, tough for both guys. He wants to fight for a belt, and he should be getting an immediate shot for, you know, with that kind of performance. But um, we see Al Jermaine Sterling uh, next month. Uh, I, I guess it's, uh, no, two months away from fighting um, Henry, uh, Cejudo. Henry Cejudo. He's about to fight Henry Cejudo for it. I guess we don't really need to get into it too much because Henry Cejudo could win this fight, and then... Is Mirab up against Henry Cejudo if he wins? Yeah, immediately. Yeah, I, I think that's a no-brainer. But there's also, I, I I know they were talking about this on 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 the cast 
that Aljamain Sterling is thinking of moving up into right. the other weight division anyways, right? right. So right. I think if he wins against Cejudo, maybe another fight, and then he's like, I'm out. I'm going to move up. Right. And then Marab would be like, and now it's all mine, right? <laughs> right. right. And, and I, I think it's I think it's actually a beautiful thing that those two guys have said, no, 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 we're boys, we're good. I, I, it, it's, it's definitely a sacrifice on Marab's part, but I think Aljo is definitely like, no, that's my guy, and I'm going to follow through with what I've said. Nice. I think he's going to go up because I think the weight cuts becoming more and more brutal for him as he gets older anyways. So I think he's going to go up anyways. So I think that's a thing. And it would be nice to see more things like this, but I understand like the, the, the economics of the fight, right? Like yeah. You only have a certain window of time when you're at your peak and you're at your best. And when you when it's gone, it's gone. You might never get it back, right? Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the Aljamain Sterling and the Henry Cejudo fight. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be awesome. But uh, Davish Philly, after destroying that like that, yeah, man, dude deserves his uh, title shot. But here's another thing I was just thinking about. Wouldn't it be awesome if Aljamain just goes, "Hey, Marab." Just take out everybody so that nobody can fight me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Hey, yeah, yeah. He could. He really could. That's for sure. And uh I I was thinking ahead, if Zahudo beats Aljamain, how mm-hmm. cool would it be to see Marab? Hey, I, I'm gonna take you out to, you know, uh avenge the defeat of my teammate. Uh a really good storyline to feed oh, yeah. those two guys together. And um uh, I'm not sure who wins that. If Marab brings in that kind of a performance, I don't know if anybody in that division can beat him. I don't know if anybody can. Well, well, who who can keep up with that pace? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like that the pace that he sets is probably the most ferocious pace out of anybody in the whole UFC. Yeah. And like I, I don't think I literally don't believe anybody in the UFC can keep up with that guy. Yeah. Because once he starts going, he's going, man. And you're just like, oh, Jesus. He's it's still amazing. coming at me. It's amazing. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of those uh, incredible performances I'm never going to forget. It was amazing. Yeah, he's, he's got so much energy, and he just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. Um, uh, now what do we do with Peter Yan? He went from a guy that you thought, wow, he's going to hold the belt for a while. He... Wins the belt off of Jose Aldo. You think, holy cow, this guy is so talented. He loses his belt on a disqualification because he needs Aljamain Sterling while he's down. And now he's lost four out of his last five. Uh, He's reeling in his career. And I did not see this coming for this guy. Um, I thought he was going to win that second Aljo fight. He didn't win it. Uh, I thought he beat Sean O'Malley. Nope, split decision, lost. And uh, now he's really reeling in his career. Uh, where does he go from here? Well, I, I think it's back to the drawing board. Like I, 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 First off, I don't think there's any chance of the UFC saying, well, you're out. See you later, buddy. No, I, yeah. That's not happening. Right? Right. Like, that's no. not happening. But at the same time, he, he's, he's going he's gonna to be – Busted down to the lower ranks and have to build himself back up again, like and then that that's that's his reality and that's what he has to work towards because 
him fighting top five guys, that, that, that might not happen for a while now. Right? Like, I think he's going to have to build himself up. Um. So th- the other big fight that's scheduled in this division is Marlon Chito Vera fighting Corey Sanhagen. That's going to be really exciting and fun. I'm not sure what they do with them. I guess it d- definitely depends on what happens in some of the other fights. Um, then Davison Figueredo is supposedly coming up into this weight class. Uh, would that be something that Peter Jan would uh, entertain? Uh, bringing when you brought Davidson up, uh, would you think that would be a good matchup for him to take? Yeah, I think so. Because that could immediately put him back on the map. But it's also a risky fight because if he loses that fight, ooh, not good. Yeah. Not good. So, yeah. but I, I would say that that would be a fight that he should definitely think very hard about entertaining. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, has that become the most exciting division in the UFC right now? <sighs> it's 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 up there, man. It's up there. Like, yeah, it, it's it's right up there because I. I would say the bantamweight, lightweight division, those two divisions are are neck and neck. Yeah, I think bantamweight though takes it. I, I my two divisions would be bantamweight and lightweight, and I think bantamweight is better right now. Yeah, I I agree. I think you're bang on. Both those divisions are the two best, and uh, I think right now bantamweight's just got so many guys up top to bottom, and it's just so many intriguing fights. And you know, Mirab was. A guy that I, I thought was sort of, you know, on the edge. But uh, with that performance, uh, he deserves to be right near the top now. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's incredible. I'm I'm super excited going forward to see what uh, takes place in this Bantamweight division and how, how it moves forward. Um, okay, how about uh, going through the card a little bit? Uh, why don't we talk about the co-main event? Uh, a heavyweight battle between Alexander Volkov and Alexander Romanov. Uh, Romanov decided the only way I'm winning this fight is if I take him down immediately, I'm going to get him down and I'm going to win this fight. And when he couldn't, it was over. Uh, Volkov was able to stuff the takedown and then just put an absolute beating on him. It was, uh, it was like a big brother beating up a little brother. Yeah, it was. I don't know. To me, and Romanov didn't seem like he was in shape. Yeah. Like I, I don't know how hard he trained for this. I don't know what his fight camp was like. But he just he, he didn't look right from the onset. I thought like even when he shot, it's like he didn't he didn't disguise it with any strikes. He just shot from way out. Like it, I, he looked terrible. Yeah. I, plain and simple. The man looked terrible. And Volkov was just like, oh, oh, this is not gonna be very hard. That's great. <laughs> That's great. It's gonna be rather quick. And it yeah. was. Yeah, it was really quick, and it wasn't even a cl- close contest at all. Uh, I I was quite surprised because Romanov uh, came in sixteen and zero. You know, has had a great career. Lost his last two now, and um, yeah, just did did not seem to be even close to being in this match at all. It was one sided affair. Um, okay, we had a main event that was supposed to take place a couple weeks ago between Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann. Uh, Krylov got sick and was unable to uh, make the make the fight, so they put it a couple weeks later. Uh, they decided to put it at a catch weight, 
That's weird. And uh, Krylov and Span went at it. Um, even though Krylov was coming off a of sickness and uh, wasn't 100%, he said, uh, he made quick work of Ryan Span. Uh, this was uh, also a one-sided affair. I, it was exciting while it lasted. Like, to see big men like that doing scrambles and scrambles going for submissions were. upon submissions, I went for a submission. Now it's your turn to go for a submission. Now it's my turn to go for a submission. Right. I, I, I loved it. I thought nice. that first round was incredibly exciting. And and then finally when 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 Span Span should have held up for a second, but I think he was lost in the moment and fell into that triangle. Fell into the triangle, yeah. Fell Jeez. into that triangle joke. I think on retrospect, when he looks back at that fight, he goes, Man, if I just held back a little bit. I could have been a very different, but you know, like I think he was rolling with it, he was going with the flow, and then Krylov just goes, "Oh, he's just gonna fall right in my triangle." Ah, great! I yeah, win. yeah, he's got to be kicking himself because uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the scrambles were great and fun to watch, and uh, yeah, he just he made a mistake and paid for it. Yeah, yeah, he made he made a, a terrible blunder. But my goodness, that was exciting to watch for that first round because you usually don't see big men move like uh, Davishvili and Jan for four rounds. Like yeah. I, I love, I love. Nice, yeah, it was fun. Uh, another bantamweight fight on the card. There was a few the this night um, again, between Jonathan Martinez and Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, I had Nurmagomedov actually winning when it went towards the cards uh they gave the nod to martinez uh a bit of controversial uh decision i thought i think a lot of people thought uh saeed did enough to win uh what about you when it went to the cards who who, who did you have winning this was a split decision win by martinez right that's right yeah um i thought norman won. to be honest with you yeah. i i I, th I thought he won I thought he won. I thought he did enough. Because, like, the one thing I love about Norma Gimedov's game is his striking is just absolutely on point. And, yeah. and he can hit you with different things, different moves, uh, especially the high kick, like, super fast. But Martinez would game, and especially yeah. when he was grappling up against the fence, throwing those knees up and close, and great elbows, too, as well. Yeah. Um, I, I guess what, what the judges saw was in that last round, I want to say uh, Martinez was had him up against the cage and was controlling him and throwing strikes. And that was what swayed the judges over to Martinez. Yeah. Yes, so, but yeah. at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, he did that, but it wasn't really impressive. No. It wasn't like in the kitchen sink or anything. So, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I... I I did not have Martinez winning. It was a it was a razor close fight, but right, close uh, fight. Yeah, I I definitely thought Nurmagomedov did enough. Uh in the bantamweight fight preceding that, Mario Bautista and Guido Canetti, Guido Canetti. Uh, this was a mismatch. Um, I think it's time for Guido Canetti to move on to another career. Uh, he's ten and eight, forty three years old. Um, uh, hasn't been winning much in the last little while. Uh, Mario Bart Batista said, you know, there's levels to this game and, and I'm ahead of you right now. And, uh, was able to get a really, well, I think quite easy submission victory here. 
Yeah, it didn't take him long. And once he got him, once he got Kennedy down to the mat, it was pretty much over. Yeah, like, it was pretty much over. Like he was like, "You were dangerous on your feet. Now I have you on the mat. Now I'm just gonna do, 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 do gonna take you back, then I'm gonna choke you out, and then we're done." Yeah. So and then that's that's exactly what he did. And I, as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, "Okay, I, I think Kennedy might be done here," and he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's four wins in a row for Batista and onwards and upwards. Uh, we'll see if Guido sticks around. Uh, 43, not too many fighters left uh, at that age in the UFC. Uh, the fight that kicked off the main card was the fight of the night. Uh, this is what you described the Krylov span fight. This is what what I saw between v uh, Vitor Perino and Anton Turkulai. Uh, man, these guys were giving it uh, the whole entire 15 minutes. This was a hell of an amazing battle. Uh, Petrino was making his UFC debut, and uh, this guy is so strong, so tough. Uh, but so is uh, Turkulai. Uh, man, this was this was one of my favorite fights of the year so far, and um, it, it yeah, it did it delivered, uh, being the uh, opening fight on the main card. I thought Petrino would have had uh, Turkulai out of there in the first round. I, I thought, and he almost did. Yeah, I, I got to give Turkulai a lot of credit, though. Weathered the storm, battled back hard. Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an amazing fight. It was an amazing fight, but Petrino definitely uh, like separated himself from Turkulai in that third round, where he really started putting it on him. And like slamming him to the ground with like uh, with with with, um, with his grappling and stuff. Yeah, he 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 definitely turned it around. And also too, um, some of his reverses that he did against Turkoli, even when he had the body triangle on him, still managed to reverse. Yeah, that was and, amazing. And that, that, yeah, I, you don't see guys being able to slide their whole body and spin it right to be on top like that. Yeah, uh, yeah that those were very impressive. And, and like you say, uh, once a guy has a body triangle in, you're you're not moving like that. But he sure did. He's got so much power and ability to spin and get reverses and get on top and get control. Uh, this was uh, one of the best UFC debuts I've seen in a while. Yeah, yeah, it was very impressive. Very impressive. The man just built like a house too. Yeah. Um, okay, we've. Got the uh, featured prelim between Carl Williams and Lucas uh, Bruszewski. Um, do you remember Carl the Truth Williams, the old boxer? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, instantly I'm like, Carl Williams? Oh, I haven't uh, heard that name in a while. Uh, Carl Williams, Carl the Truth Williams fought for the heavyweight title in boxing. He fought uh, Mike Tyson and he fought Larry Holmes and had a really decent long career. In boxing, um, great to see this new Carl Williams coming in, making his USC debut, and uh, very very tough guy, uh, put on a very impressive performance and got the decision victory. Yes, yes, uh, Williams definitely had the advantage in the grappling aspect, that's for sure. Um, and and, and he rocked him, Williams uh, against Brzezinski, in I believe in the second round. Yeah, dropped him, and yeah. I, I thought that Williams definitely he just had control of the fight throughout the majority of the fight. 
uh, especially with his grappling. Uh, that's how he dominated this one. He landed a really big left in the first mm -hmm. round, got him stunned. Second round, it was a really big right. Nice. As soon as he got stunned, he just went over, grabbed him, and did a massive that throw. That yeah. throw was like, whoa. Uh, I saw everybody stand. I heard DC and Felder go, whoa. Uh, I don't think Bersheski's ever been thrown like that in his life. And that yeah. was uh, that showed the power and uh, strength of Carl Williams. Uh, that was one of the biggest throws you've ever seen for a heavyweight guy. No, yeah, no, it was it was super impressive because I think Brzezinski's like, what's going on here? Why are my feet no longer on the back? <laughs> yeah. It, it was awesome, yeah. And he won very convincingly, yeah, 30-26 on two cards, 30-27 on the other, uh, almost eight minutes of control time. And, um, yeah, he uh, he really came in and did great in his debut. I'm looking forward to seeing him more. Uh, okay, in the bantamweight fight on the prelims, uh, we had dangerous Davy Grant uh, down two down two rounds, uh, going into the third round against Rafael Asuncao, forty year old veteran that's been around forever, and uh, it looked like Asuncao had this victory wrapped up, and all of a sudden Davy Grant throws up the crazy. Inverted reverse triangle and gets the victory and sends the Sunsau out onto retirement with that loss. Uh, it was like less than a minute to go and uh, he had the victory. But Davy Grant, uh, man, what an incredible submission that was and uh, put him to sleep. And also, too, to set that up, he got a point taken away. Yeah. Just before that happened, right? I think for a fence grab. Yeah. At, so so he gets a point taken away. So now since I was like, yeah, I definitely won now. I got, got this. I got this. Yeah. And, and and then he couldn't do it because Grant landed that right hand, huge right hook, wobbles him, drops him, and then I like just with the just with like the the body positioning, he locks up the reverse triangle and puts him to sleep. Yeah. Puts him to sleep. I couldn't yeah. believe. I'm like. That is the one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen. Yeah, ever. yeah, it was Im super impressive. Um, it was actually a spinning back fist that uh, okay. that put a sunset down, and then uh, he just immediately just jumped on him really quick and throw up threw up that triangle. And we don't see that move uh, instituted very much, and we definitely don't see a guy go to sleep on it. It was um, insane. Uh, the referee was right in there looking. Uh, said, okay, he's good, he's good, he's good. Then he lifts his arm, and then he goes, no, I don't think he's good. No, oh, it's <laughs> over, holy cow. And 17 yeah. seconds from the end, um, Davy Grant pulls out the miraculous win there. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately for a Sun Sal, 17 more seconds, and your your retirement fight is a victory. Uh, tough, though. Um, great, great, amazing career for a Sun Sal. Uh, yeah, you got to feel a bit sorry for him, but... Uh, to see that uh, submission move instituted and, and perfected, it was pretty pretty cool to watch. Pretty cool to watch, and especially against a man of that caliber. And especially against us. He did it against the Sun Sao. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, though, the Sun Sao has, has everything to be proud of. Uh, finishes his UFC career with a 28-10 and 10 record, uh, 19 years of fighting. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, he, he was always a pleasure to watch. And, hey, I, I wish him the best in whatever endeavor he goes on to going going forward with his life because he gave us great fights for a very, very long time. He has a victory over the current champion, Aljamain Sterling. He has fought uh, so many top guys. Uh, listen to the guys that he's fought. Cody Garbrandt, Ricky Simone, Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Marais, Rob Font. Uh, Marlon Marais actually twice. Aljamain Sterling, he beat, he fought uh, TJ Dillashaw, Pedro Munoz, Brian Caraway. TJ actually twice has a victory and a loss with TJ. Um, yeah, has been around so long and uh, yeah, very distinguished career. Uh, he, he can hold his head up high and he can take over a gym and uh, the fighters will flood there to um, be trained by him. Cause uh, yeah, he's one of those legends that you, you'll never forget. Yeah. He's, he's most certainly a legend and uh, it, it, it's always sad when the legend hangs it up, but um, he knew it was time and uh, he gave us one more great fight. just yeah. before. He- yeah. I loved it. It was good. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's try to fly through the rest of it. Uh, a middleweight fight between Josh Fremd, his uh, second fight in the UFC against a UFC debut. Uh, Cedriquez, the Reaper Dumas. Um, I you, you see uh, Dumas come in, you see the tattoos on his face, he, he's pretty tattooed around his body. Uh, you saw his performance. Uh, in the uh, Dana White Contender Series, you think, whoa, this guy, look out for him. But uh, Josh Fremd was the more dangerous fighter on this night. Got an incredible win. I was really impressed by by Josh. Um, just, just just totally, I thought, really, really showed his dominance and, and got a big, big win. Yeah, he got a big win. And also, too, what I was impressed by was uh, the, the tactical acumen of Fremd, which was, all right, I'm going to chop away at his lead leg so he doesn't have that stability to throw his strikes and his punches because he's a kickboxer first. And then eventually, once I wear him down, I'm going to take him to the ground where he really, that's that that's an area where Dumas needs a lot of work, clearly, in yeah. the grappling department. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Frem took him to places where he would find the most success because that's where he was dominant against this guy. And so eventually when he did get him to the ground in the second round, managed to wrap up that guillotine choke, boom, that's it. Yeah. yeah, he was working for it and working for it. And finally, once he once he sucked it in, uh, it was a quick tap. And yeah. uh, Chris Tonioni had to stop it. And, uh, yeah, big big win there for Fremd. Uh, first loss for Dumas. We'll see what uh, where he goes from here. Uh, another bantamweight fight on the card. Crazy how many bantamweight fights um, on this night. Uh, a a decision victory for Victor Henry over Tony Gravely. Uh, I love this fight. This was fun to watch. These guys were very evenly matched, and uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. They were very evenly matched, but I thought that Henry had the advantage in in the, his combination, the combo striking. Yeah. Like, I thought that Gravely was trying to just throw one strike out at a time where Henry was putting together his combos. I thought that was the biggest difference in this fight. And that's what got Henry this good decision with it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting that from Henry. Uh, his main coach in his corner is Josh Barnett, who is always known for his uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and his great submission game. 
but uh, Henry's uh, was able to really dominate a crazy fast pace and really, um, yeah, just uh, was able to throw lots of combinations and, and get a, a very good, very good win over a tough guy, Tony Gravely. Um, any other things you want to mention on the card? Uh, we've got Ariana Lipsky. I thought an easy win over JJ Aldridge. Uh, Bruno Silva, a submission victory over Tyson Nan. Um, I was just going to say about Lipsky. I thought she's never looked better. Yeah. Uh, and, and she she was able to keep Aldrich at the end of her strikes and punches. Kept her at the distance, distance. she wanted Aldrich at, not at the distance Aldrich wanted to fight at. Yeah. And she kept her at that distance throughout the entirety of the fight. And that's why she got the win. And also, too, her takedown defense, impeccable. That was awesome. great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after losing... Uh, three of her last four uh, coming off a loss. Uh, the queen of violence seems to be back. And uh, yeah, I was, that was an impressive, very, very impressive win from her. Um, okay. Why don't we just uh, switch to uh, this coming Saturday's card. You'll see 286 from London. Uh, it's an early card. As I mentioned last week, uh, 2 PM is when the um, main card starts. Early prelims at 10 a.m. Pacific and uh, noon Pacific. We've got um, UFC 286. Uh, this is the trilogy fight between Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards. Uh, Kamara uh, had the belt for a long time, as you know, if you're uh, a big fan of UFC. Uh, Leon Rocky Edwards um, comes in. Uh, he was losing four and a half rounds. And uh, was not going to hold the belt until he made an amazing uh, head kick uh, move, got a knockout, and uh, held the belt. And now he's uh, fighting in his home country in front of his home fans and uh, trying to uh, retain the belt. Uh, I'm super looking forward to this. Uh, if Kamara uh, brings the same performance he did last time, I think he wins. But um, maybe because... Uh, Leon has this victory over him. He has an opportunity to keep the belt and uh, move forward. Uh, where, what do you think we're going to see with this one? Ah, man. I, I'm i leaning towards we might see the same as what we saw in the first fight. I, I'm going to be honest. Like I, 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 I keep thinking about this fight and thinking, like, what can Leon do differently to to stifle Usman. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if he can do much. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if he can do much. Like, it, I, I don't know if he has another Hail Mary in him, but he's done it once before. And Usman is super aware of that. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he can't do that to you again. Yeah. So I think that if there's one thing that Usman definitely has to keep as a reminder is I have to be locked in every second of this fight. Because that one second I'm not locked in, I won't remember what happened because I will get knocked out. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You can't sleep on any seconds of the fight because um, Leon has the ability to put your lights up at any time. And yeah, I, I don't, I I think it's, yeah, it might be a replica of what we saw in the, the first fight. Um, yeah. I think Usman uh, wins most of the, the fight, but um, if he makes one, one little mistake, uh, right. he, he could lose this fight again. Yes, exactly. So and so that that's what makes it intriguing because Leon knows he can do it. Usman definitely knows he can do it. So 
yeah, it, it, it makes the fight. It's going to be a very interesting watch. And also, too, and, uh, you know, Leon Edwards' uh, camp, I'm sure they're, they've implemented different things to try to stifle Usman. And I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see what he's going to do to do that, to slow Usman down. But yeah. the fight that I'm super, one fight that I, I, I cannot wait to see is the co-main event. Yeah. I, I said it before. I think this is that's definitely fight of the night. Uh, Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fizev, Fizev, they're going to go at each other, and and they're 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 so such high level strikers. And with Justin Gaethje not willing to actually just go to war as much, trying to be a smarter fighter, I think he might have to go to war with this guy. Yeah, I think it might be toughest guys left standing type deal. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. He's been trying to stay away from wars because he's got knocked out a few times and he has changed his style a little bit, but I don't know if he'll be able to win with uh, doing that conservative approach because uh, Fazeev is going to bring it to him. So, um, yeah, uh, super excited. Love love the matchup. Going to be really fun to watch. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the Marvin Vittori-Roman Delice fight that's going to yeah. kick yeah. off the main card. I think both those guys are killers and and they're both going to be bringing it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And also, too, Roma Delice with his superior grappling and just he figures out ways to get you in, like, compromising uh, positions with his jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that to Marvin Vittori, but I cannot wait to watch. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. Um, the feature fight on the prelims has uh, Mokwan Amirakani, Mr. Finland, fighting England's own Jack Shore. Uh, this should be a, a great battle. Both these guys are super tough, very skilled. Uh, I th- I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm glad it's the featured fight of the prelims. Yeah, and as it should be. That should be the featured fight of the prelims. I'm looking forward to that fight as well. Uh, I, I think that uh, that's going to be a very, very exciting fight. Yeah. I was disappointed to hear that the uh, L- Lerone Murphy and Nathaniel Wood fight was canceled. Uh, that would have been a great battle to two guys from um, the England, but uh, Lerone Murphy is fighting Gabriel Santos uh, to make up for that. Uh, we've got Malcolm Gordon on the court, which will be fun. Jai Herbert, Ludovic Klein. Uh, great, great card all around. And uh, yeah, nice and early. We'll be uh, done for by like five o'clock uh, PM Pacific time next Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be nice and early card, but it, it's going to be a great card. Yeah. Fantastic card, actually. I'm pumped, big time. Um, Okay, we had um, some sad news on the, in the NFL uh, this weekend. Uh, Bud Grant passed away. Uh, 95 years old, though, had a really long, long life. Uh, he was an amazing athlete. Uh, most people know him from being a coach because he coached for so long, but he was drafted out of college into the NBA and NFL, played two seasons in the NBA, won a championship with the Lakers, decided to hang up his basketball sneakers and uh, make NFL a full-time career, played in the NFL for uh, a while, and then was offered more money to come north of the border and play in the CFL. Came up here, played in the CFL, had a really distinguished career. Ended up taking over, becoming a coach of the Bombers team that he played for. Uh, won four Grey Cups here, and then had an opportunity to go back down south of the border 
and take over the Minnesota Vikings and was able to lead them to four Super Bowls. Unfortunately, they lost all four, but uh, four Super Bowl championships appearances and a long, long, long distinguished career. And um, he's gone at 95. Lots of amazing tributes poured in from him for him over the weekend. And incredible to see uh, what an athletic career he had as well as a great coaching career. Yeah, it, it's incredible. And also, too, he was a winner. I like I, how how many people can you actually say that's won a great cup and an NBA championship? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. I think that's yeah. A, yeah. That's a very short list. <laughs> very short list. Yeah. Very short list. And yeah, yeah no, he, he was a, he was an incredible man. Um, and lived a long and just amazing life. Yeah. And that's, the one thing that stood out to me from what you just said there. He left the NFL to make more money in the CFL. You, yeah. I, I don't think that's a thing anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Back then it was a thing, and uh, we we did get some great talent to, to come north of the border. But um, yeah, that is definitely flip flopped and big big difference now. But um, yeah, I wonder if you know what kind of career he would have had down south. Uh, if you know the money was uh, better down south back then, I, I just uh, I, I just wonder. But uh, great, we we got to have him here, and uh, yeah, he was a, a legend in in both both uh, NFL and CFL. And uh, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you know we got an opportunity to have him up here. It was great. Yeah, yeah, no, it it was it was fantastic for us that we managed to get such a great man to come up here and play and coach. Awesome. Yeah, no, he, he definitely left a, a very legendary career here, and uh, yeah, was had a ton of success. He played he played offense and defense too. I, I failed to mention uh, both in the NFL and CFL. He played on both sides of the ball. Uh, he actually got five interceptions in one game once. <laughs> wow, that's that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing when you. Read about some of these old guys, and they you you see all these accolades and see all these accomplishments and stuff. It's just like, what the hell? Like, how does a guy do that much in his career? And and uh, yeah, like I say, yeah, uh, you know, to be able to play professionally in the NBA, NFL, and CFL, uh, uh is so phenomenal. Uh, yeah, just he he must have been this uh, incredible athlete back then. No, oh, yeah, he was one heck of a stud of an athlete. Like 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 almost wow. Maybe I'm going too far, but like Wilt Chamberlain S like yeah. because yeah. like hey, there's not too many people that can just go NBA, that was good, cool, NFL, eh, all right, CFL, like come on, three yeah. different professional leagues, that's yeah. incredible, very incredible, yeah. Uh, as I mentioned uh, off the top, it's uh, NFL free agent frenzy week. Uh, everything kicked in. The actual um, league start of the new league year is Wednesday. All these deals are uh, pending. They were allowed to start talking today and starting to make deals. Uh, I think the biggest deal off the top really in most people's eyes was Jimmy Garoppolo leaving the Niners after a long career there. Uh, going to the Raiders, he gets a, a three-year, $67.5 million deal. Uh, $34 million guaranteed. Uh, he comes in since 2018. Uh, he has the fourth best winning percentage. B 
behind only Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, you always said he's a winner. He's a winner. He's uh, uh, just that's all he does is win. So yeah. why wouldn't most organizations want him? Uh, Forty and seventeen record in the past five seasons, and he's moving on to the Raiders now. A big coup by them, and they didn't have to pay. A, a crazy amount of money, actually, sixty-seven and a half million for three years is pretty reasonable for a quarterback these days. Yeah, that I think is the most important thing that they can actually spend more money on other positions that need attention and get in a quarterback that has that grand kind of winning percentage, that kind of pedigree, and uh, at that price point, I, yeah. I think that was the most important thing. So, well, good on them and. Hopefully Jimmy G can uh, find some success in the uh, Raider Nation. Yeah, yeah, let's hope. Yeah, be great. Uh, some other big deals today. Um, Javon Hargrave uh, left Philly uh, to San Fran. He's a defensive tackle. Four years, $84 million, uh, 40 guaranteed from that. Uh, Javon Taylor, uh, the offensive tackle, went from the Jags to the Chiefs. That's four years, 80 million, 60, uh, 60 million guaranteed. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike McGlutchy, uh, offensive tackle, five years, 87 and a half million, leaving the 49ers going to the Broncos. He gets 50 million guaranteed. Uh, Broncos also signed a guard from Baltimore offensive line. Uh, Coach Payton is making a lot of bold moves to protect his big asset, Russell Wilson. And finally getting a, a very, very stout offensive line there. Um, I, I figured those were going to be some of the biggest moves he was going to make. Yeah, it kind of makes sense because he's just like, well, once I was looking at, you know, how you guys were playing and saw that you were running for your life, like a lot of it. Yeah, so that needed addressing. And so now that he's addressed that issue, and I'm sure like he's going to have to, he's going to change the offensive package and whatever else. I I think that that was just a very smart move by the Broncos to get him in and to have him work with Russ. And then also, too, for him to come in and change the culture or the dynamics of that locker room, which I think needed to be changed as well. I yeah. think perfect coach for all of that stuff. Try to fix the things that need to be fixed as quickly as possible. And hopefully the Broncos can get back to winning and the fans can get back to cheering. They yeah. didn't do a lot of that last year. No, it was tough for them. That's for sure. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other big signing had uh, Tremaine Edmonds uh, left the Bills going to Baltimore. Um, four years, $72 million. Uh, yeah, lots lots of money thrown around, as I mentioned today. Um, it's uh, Yeah, it's going to be crazy to see. I'm sure we're going to see tons of deals in the next few days. Those were some of the biggest guys on the free agent market. Uh, the other thing I failed to mention with Jimmy G is he's returning to uh, Josh Daniels, who was his uh, offensive uh, coordinator in New England for five seasons, and uh, they will be reunited. So that's uh, huge for Daniels and Jimmy G. Um, there's There was a trade today. The uh, Patriots traded their tight end, Johnny Smith, to the Falcons for a seventh rounder and uh, Austin Eckler has requested a trade out of uh, San Diego. Oh, sorry. Uh, LA 
the Chargers. Unfortunately, uh, they can't come to an agreement. He was getting paid um, $6.25 million this year in his final year of his deal. Uh, wanted more money. Um, I hope they can still figure it out, but he has asked to talk to other teams to try to work out a trade. Uh, this will be a big blow for the Chargers. The guy's incredible out of the backfield, catching and running the ball. and has been such a, uh, a force for them. Uh, this would, would be, um, yeah, tough, tough if uh, he went for, um, you know, not another piece similar to him. Yeah, and also, too, like he's a huge red zone threat. Yeah. Like when he's in the red zone, you can count on him to get in for a touchdown. So that would that would be a huge blow to their offense. Uh, it's 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 a shame that they can't come to some sort of uh, some sort of financial agreement between the two of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, because if if he does leave, what are you going to replace him with? Yeah. Who are you going to replace him with? Yeah, that, that's a big, big old question mark. Big hole there. Big question mark yeah. You don't want to have. That'd be tough. Very, very tough. Uh, I guess the other uh, talk around the league is uh, what's going to happen with Lamar after the Ravens had given him that uh, specific franchise tag. Now he's eligible to talk to any franchise and uh, negotiate a contract. Uh, a lot of teams have immediately said they're out. I don't know why they immediately said that, but a lot of teams have. Uh, do you see someone stepping up and handing him the $45, 50000000 million that he's looking for and um, and he he leaves this team? I I can't see how he's not going to get paid by somebody. Yeah. I honestly can't. Like He's just too incredibly talented. Why would you not want a guy like that? Like running your offense, like I, I just, I don't see. Now maybe he doesn't get the exact numbers of the guaranteed contract that he wants. Yeah, but oh man, I, I can't see how we can't get close. You try to tell me that guy's not worth it. I, I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. I, I agree. I, I definitely think he's he is worth it. And uh, yeah, it's shocking that um, he. Yeah, he's still available, and uh, somebody hasn't stepped up and, and made that deal happen. Yeah, it's 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 crazy because former MVP has had tons of success, and um, yeah, he's one of the yeah I you know to me he's a dual threat, top quarter yeah. one of the top quarterbacks in the league. You, you'd think that uh, teams would be lining up for him. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think one of the the knocks against him, one of the things that's a detriment, unfortunately, is the fact. That he doesn't have an agent. Yeah. That that fact that he doesn't have an agent um, has scared a lot of teams because they're just looking at exactly what the Baltimore Ravens are going through trying to negotiate with them. And they're just like, oh, well, that doesn't look like a lot of fun at all. No. So, yeah. Uh, this is a, a an interesting graphic here. Um, the top, the last seven off seasons, the top team in free agent spending has um, had a bump up in wins every year. Uh, going back to 2016, the Giants were the top team spending the most money in free agent. They won five more games than they had the year before. The next year, the Jags were the team. They won seven more games than they had the year before. The Bears in 2018, seven more wins. The Jets, three more wins in 2019. The Dolphins, five more wins in 2020. 
2021, the Patriots won three more wins. And 2022, last year, the Jags turned it around with six more victories than they had the year before. Um, it proves that free agent spending in the NFL is is a, is a must and a, a way to turn your franchise around pretty quickly. Yeah, and also, too, like, you know, they, they have a sample size of the players that they're trying to target. They go, that guy can fit our scheme. He can fit our organization. He can fit our team. So yeah. that, that's I think that's that, that you know, there's there's a formula there that a lot of teams follow that works. Uh, OK, let's see here. Um, the top teams that have money left in the NFL for cap space, Chicago Bears, uh, over 50 million dollars still in cap space. Atlanta Falcons, uh, almost 45 million. Uh, Washington Commanders, 41 and a half million. Cardinals, 35 million. And Houston, uh, round up the top five, almost 32 million in cap space. And the Seattle Seahawks actually are in sixth, uh, 30 million still left in cap space. So expect uh, those teams to make some splashes, get some acquisitions, and make, make some moves in the coming days. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, when it comes to the Chicago Bears, because them giving up the first round pick and then getting all those other picks along with DJ Moore. That was an amazing trade. That was, <laughs> awesome. That was an oh, awesome, awesome trade. Yeah, like the GM must have been like, yeah, by the way, I want DJ Moore to throw him in there. <laughs> it's like, I'll, okay, I'll just give you everything. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, great trade. Great yeah. trade. That was that was phenomenal. That was one of the best trades I've seen. Yeah, very smart, astute move. Um, they didn't yeah. need a quarterback because they decided Justin Fields was their guy. Right. Uh, so they might as well move down. They only had to move down to nine and yeah. uh, get all those assets uh, in a phenomenal move for them. And uh, that was uh, Carolina blowing it on the last game of the season, winning and giving <laughs> Chicago number one overall and uh, messing the whole thing up for that franchise. But, yeah, this was this was a great, great, great thing to happen for Chicago, and it's going to help them contend quite soon. Yeah, yeah, I, I I, think so. And then plus with the fact that they have all that cap space, they can shore up some things that they need to shore up. Yeah, there could be a very much of a surprise for this next season coming up in the NFL with the Chicago Bears. They could be a legitimate contender going forward. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think you're right. Okay, well, we've reached the end uh, of another podcast. Uh, great, uh, great chat, man. Great episode. Uh, a lot of fun things to cover. And um, yeah, I uh, I heard that this is going to be your last week of shooting, so you must be pretty excited. Uh, things are coming soon, uh, so you can get a, a bit of time off soon. Very, very soon. Very, very soon. Like I got this week, and then next week, and then done. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to sleeping in that I, it's actually that's what i'm always looking forward to once these shows finish it's like it, 60 to 70 hours a week for 10 months kind of takes it out of you yeah so yeah, yeah so I, I i look forward to just like my body saying oh sweet oh, do i get to rest now <laughs> yes and then so yeah I'm, I'm just looking forward to like getting a solid eight to ten hours of sleep a night nice yeah 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 i've been Living that life for the past month here, man. I uh, I recommend it for people in film for sure. Uh, my body's starting to feel back to normal again, and uh, yeah, I I I'm glad I I don't have that alarm clock at five thirty six in the morning. <laughs> uh, 
hasn't hasn't run for the past month it's been pretty nice yeah yeah and i'm looking forward to that myself just got to get through these next two weeks and i'll be right there okay buddy well enjoy your week uh yeah let's keep in touch and uh yeah we'll see you soon we'll see you one week from tonight right here yeah yeah you got it man enjoy the rest of your evening okay thanks a lot cheers good night night okay We've reached an end to another great podcast episode. Thanks for sticking in. Appreciate your support as always. And speaking of support, I want to thank our partners and sponsors. Uh, I'd like to thank Anchor.fm to start with. Easiest place to make a podcast. Phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. If you want to do what Jason and I just did here, please go to Anchor.fm. I want to thank Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, an industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And the V350 stick is a must-have for anyone that uh, plays hockey in your midst. Uh, Let's thank Pampas and Possibilities. Designers of West Coast, uh, pretty things that you can put in your home, spruce it up, make it look great. Uh, And Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. And you can purchase products, as always, on our website, uh, completesportsmedia.com. Yeah, uh, have yourself a great week. Uh, Happy spring. Uh, We're getting to see some really great weather coming. Uh, Today was nice and and, uh, light, late, which is uh, something that I really appreciate. So uh, let's talk soon. Uh, Come support us and uh, we will, uh, yeah, we will uh, constantly try to bring as much great content as we can. Love you lots. Take care of yourself. Bye for now.